This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We got a short episode for you, but first off, we'll hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. And last but not least, we'll preview UFC 264, Poirier vs. McGregor. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. We got this week a big card. No no recap. Big card. Ryan finishing his battle with COVID, coming out on top, 1-0. Had him down and out in the first round, but it looks like you're going to win the decision here. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We're back. Out of quarantine, five long rounds with COVID. Still maybe some uh, lingering effects, but all in all, you're... uh, Looks like you came out on top. Yeah, yeah, we're on the mend. All right, that's that's good news. Um, so with that good news, we'll jump right into the to it then. Our take of the week, and as always, we will have Ryan start us off. So take us away. All right. So this week, I don't know. I've the announcement we all heard. Um, Nick Diaz versus uh, versus Robbie Lawler. I've yep. been seeing a surprising amount of of doubt for our boy Nick Diaz on the internet I know. and uh I'm just saying right now I, I don't think anyone expects me to have a different stance on this but just to make it official and to put it on the podcast Nick Diaz is gonna be ready he's gonna have five round cardio and he's gonna absolutely put it on Robbie Lawler at this point almost anyone can put it on Robbie Lawler to think that Nick Diaz is not gonna overwhelm him with uh cardio and strikes is just is ludicrous to me but yet I see a ton of people that think uh, he won't even be able to go three rounds, much less five. I mean, I don't think it's a five-round fight, but if it was, I I think he could go all five easily. Did you see the line on that fight that I sent over? Robbie Lawler minus yeah, 250. Yeah, plus 210. Unreal. I would take... I, yeah, that just seems... I would flip that line. I would flip it. That would be flipped. It's flipped in my head. That's what I was thinking in my head. I was thinking minus 200 Nick Diaz. Yeah, that's what I, I I mean. Maybe I'm crazy, but I guess there is a lot of questions. Like he has been pardoned in Vegas for uh, <laughs> what, like seven or eight years now, and who knows? But in my mind, if he's coming back, I mean, it's Nick Diaz. I don't think he's coming back and not being ready to go. You know, he's 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 not a guy that, at least from what we know, previous to the the layoff, would be sitting around on the couch. And it, it doesn't seem. I don't think he he's waited this long. And uh, I feel like if you, if he's waited this long, he wouldn't come back at all if he didn't think he was actually ready to go and 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 compete, you know. So I don't think it's just uh, looking for a payday. He seems like he's been making plenty of money, just doing whatever he's doing, just uh, going to parties, I guess. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's kind of crazy. I think he should definitely be, you know, it, it should probably be closer to I think uh, like an even fight, you know, uh, even odds on this fight. I don't. I think it is. I think there's probably a lot of value on Nick Diaz, but I, we could be completely wrong. That's the thing. We just don't know 100%. I don't know. I feel pretty good about it. So here's my thing is that the take on Nick Diaz is that he hasn't won a fight in 10 years. True, but he was fighting Anderson Silva. He was fighting GSP, 
and Carlos Condit, and he only fought three times. And he was suspended in between every one of those fights because he tested positive for weed every single time he fought, which they don't do that anymore. Genetically, he's only like what two years older than Nate, and Nate's in good shape. All they have, to, I mean, they do a camp together. You don't think he's going to be able to get back into a into good fighting shape? I don't know. The thing that the thing that puts it over the top for me is Robbie's just going to stand there, and Nick Diaz is just going to he could literally slap him for five, for three straight rounds, and he'll win the fight because Robbie's not going to punch. We already know that. So to me, I don't know. I was thinking Nate Diaz all the way up to or Nick Diaz all the way up to minus almost 200 just just strictly off the matchup alone but a lot of questions to answer well i guess we'll see but good to have him back though right yeah definitely definitely i'm excited for the fight i'll be uh i'll be tuned in that's for sure yeah well they don't really a lot of times they do these legends fights and they don't turn out real good so but this one i think is uh i think i have a lot more i think i definitely would take a lot more interest in this one so anything else on that no, I think that's about all I got on that. All right, I believe that is August 28th, maybe. I don't know. I don't have the exact date in front of me. But anyhow, co-headline on some card. But anyways, I'll jump into my take of the week. A little more relevance here. My take of the week, whoever wins this weekend in the main event, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor, will be the next lightweight champion. Um, I take both of these guys over Charles Oliveira who I probably underrated and maybe didn't give enough credit to these last couple of years, but I still think both of these guys, it's a pretty good match, pretty favorable matchup for both of these guys over Charles Oliveira. And let's face it, Dustin Poirier would have been fighting him for the belt if he didn't choose the Conor McGregor fight. And I still think Conor McGregor lines him up, lines up good against uh, Charles too. Um, so I would just say that adds a little extra um, weight on the fight this weekend. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's a little bit easier of a fight for Dustin Poirier than it is for Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, I think, uh, uh, with Charles Oliveira, you got to be worried about his ground game, obviously, somewhat, but um, not as much. It seems like Conor's gotten a lot better on the ground in pr- in preparation for the uh, Khabib fight. Yeah, so, he's solid um, down there. I think it is. It's still a bad matchup, though. Um, I mean, Conor striking. It seems like Oliveira does get clipped early. Um, like we saw even in the Michael Chandler fight. And I think, you know, if that happens against Connor, he's, he's going to be put away in that first round. So yeah, I think both guys, you know, should be the favorite to, uh, to get the belt in, in any fight that comes up, uh, you know, winner against, uh, Oliveira. Yeah. And that's pretty much where I'm at too. And, and the books agree, both fighters have uh futures against Charles Oliveira and both are favorites. I just see it as like, man, I just, I mean, it's a perfect setup for Dustin Poirier if he wins this weekend because then he got the money and he should get the belt too. So hopefully for him, I mean, at least in for his case, at least, I think it uh, it's almost a almost a perfect setup for him. And as far as Connor goes, I just think, like you said, he could clip him early. Um, Olivera has a, has a tendency to stand and trade a little bit and uh, doesn't always have the best chin. So... Just a little bit of a, a little bit of extra weight on that before we get into our actual preview. Or wait, we're gonna do our segments here first. Never mind on that. We'll get to that fight though. More. Um, anything else on that, or just pretty much? Uh, I guess we'll see how it plays out this weekend, right? We'll get into a little more when we break it down yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out this weekend. I mean, I'd be excited for either fight. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, I think Conor McGregor. He just really needs a win. So I'm kind of. <laughs> 
I'm kind of pulling for him over over Poirier, but I mean, I'd be happy to see either of them fight Oliveira. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, I mean, they both got to be kind of licking their chops after this first a payday, then a shot at the belt. So, um, we got no recap this week, which is fine by me. It was nice to have a little break. So, uh, we'll jump straight into our segments here. It's your turn to go first for our Isn't He Awesome and our weekly call out. So, uh, what do you got for us this week? All right, my isn't he awesome this week? It's gonna be Conor McGregor. Not for anything normal that we'd saw, we'd kind of or we'd call out Conor McGregor for. I mean, make him our isn't he awesome? But Conor McGregor, we got him this week because Conor's so awesome that his opponent Dustin Poirier's wife is sending him DM requests on uh, on Instagram. That's how awesome this guy is. Um, his opponent's wife seems like a good wife. I mean, they run the Good Fight Foundation and everything, but apparently she's. Uh, She's slipping into the DMs of uh, Mr. McGregor over there, and uh, I, I, you know, he just showed the request, but you know, I'm guessing it wasn't um, asking him for dick pics or anything, since he, I'm sure he opened it or accepted it and saw what the message said. But um, yeah, I guess uh, maybe it's not as big, but you know, counter master promoter, <laughs> he uh, he just puts the request out there to uh, you know to get some of the heat going. Yeah. Um... I have a feeling it was probably like something after the last fight, like, thank you for being so nice and not being a dickhead or whatever. And because uh, he could have easily showed what the actual message was. But. And I'm in Dublin. <laughs> if you're not doing anything, meet me at. <laughs> but apparently this time, well, I'll give him a shout DMs out right now, are too. Not, He's clearly not going to be a nice guy. DMs are not used for anything. Oop. DMs are not used for, uh, for anything except sexual stuff and uh trying to get to nate diaz's after parties so that's the only thing you use dms for so i don't i don't think there's any room for anything else for it to possibly be since we know it wasn't looking for an in, for the address then uh yep. then we know it had to be uh it had to be sexual it could have been um but clearly connor's not going to be that good guy connor this time he's clearly turned back into his old self his old little rascal self which I think is a good sign. I think that's a good sign for him, and I'm happy to see that he's up to his old tricks again. Yep, yeah, it's about time. No more hot sauce. It was a little uncomfortable to watch him being a nice guy the whole time. Yeah, it just seems fake, you know. We need to we need to see ruthless Connor. I don't know. I, we don't need to go quite like Khabib trash talk Connor, but um, you know, let's let's bring him back a little bit before that. Yeah, and I think he I think he's kind of settled into it, so. So, yeah, always good to give him a shout-out. I'm thinking about carrying him around in my front pocket the whole night for uh, for fight night. We'll see how it goes, though. I got my little – I should take this belt off of him, though. He doesn't really deserve to have that on him, but I'm holding up a little uh, Conor McGregor. I think my brother got this for me on clearance back when uh, it looked like he was done for good. So, anyhow, I like to pull him out every chance I get. But uh, who's your uh, call-out this week, then? Who you got for us? Let's see. Call out this week's going to be Colby Covington. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but he released sparring footage of Dustin Poirier um, dropping his opponent during sparring, and just he made it out. He, I, from what I understand, he made it out to seem like it was this huge, big deal that uh, he had this. You know, he had this footage that shows how dirty of a of a fighter Poirier is, and how you shouldn't spar with them, and all this stuff, and then he makes it out to just be like this damning footage and then it comes out and you know the guy that Dustin Poirier was sparring saying it wasn't a big deal any other fighters are saying it's not uncommon um for what we saw in the video 
And it's just Colby Covington just being an absolute weasel. I mean, I get the character. I don't hate the guy for the character at all. But then when he's going past just being a the his character and just doing shady, slimy stuff like this, then, you know, I got no room for that. Way oversold it. He was talking about, like, he had this horrible damning footage of proving that Poirier was a bad guy. And then it turns out he's sparring with a guy who has 20 pro fights. Didn't even knock him out. He just knocked him. He hit him good, and the guy just sat down like, okay, I'm done. Or, like, I got to take a break or whatever. Rocked him decent. And then he didn't, like, scream in his face or anything. So, yeah. I uh, I, yeah. I saw that, too. He way oversold it, which is technic- which is pretty much what he does. Um, so, yeah, not a good look. I don't think he won any uh, uh, scored any points with that one, except for maybe the McGregor fans probably loved it. Yeah, I mean, from the way he was selling it, I thought I thought Dustin knocked him out cold, and while he was out cold on his back, he came up and poured some of his hot sauce in his eyes, um, <laughs> only to wake him up with burning, itchy eyes. But that's not what happened, so um, it definitely oversold. Do you think that Colby Covington's getting involved because he's trying to suck up to Conor McGregor? I think anything's possible. I think he's trying to suck up to Conor McGregor. He's trying to, you know just get in the conversation of uh you know did they did what did they make a fight for Kamaru Usman yet I thought Dana said it was going to be Colby but it's not yeah, official Yeah but I don't know if it's ever been official and you know Kobe Covington's got skipped over multiple times I think it's supposed to be on that September card I just don't know if the opponent's been been verified I heard Kamaru was supposed to fight in September um so maybe he's just trying to drum up some controversy get people talking about him to uh you know, kind of seal the deal on that. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. I don't know. You never know with him. He's, uh, he's all over the place, but let's just say this one, he, uh, this one was a big letdown. I think he thought he was going to, uh, score some points or have some sort of, I mean, I think most people just watched it and were just like, this looks like any type of footage that you ever see of training. Most people know enough to know that that was not a big deal. Yeah. It was no Conor McGregor dropping Polly Malinowski <laughs> in training. Yeah, that was, and that footage was also released by Dana White. <laughs> right. I thought there was a no, never release training footage rule, but. Um, well, Dana's not a fighter. Yeah. He was a, he was a cardio, cardio boxing coach. So. <laughs> That's true. He wasn't a ro- boxing aerobics coach. <laughs> all right. So is that all you got this week for uh shout out and call out? Yep. That's it for me. All right. What do you got? Maybe a mini shout out for the Suns. Over there in Phoenix, looking good. Game one. Yeah, right. One and all. Oh, yeah, that's going to be crazy. Four. All right, this week I got my uh, – just a couple quick shout-outs here. Um, this one's actually now a day late. My, our first JLT listener, my brother-in-law, Michael, first guest on the show, first-time listener. Birthday was yesterday. It was supposed to be – we were supposed to be recording this yesterday, but my internet um, – I live in absolute stone age over here in the middle of the boonies, so internet issues – couldn't give him a shout out yesterday. Give him a shout out today. And my uh, my other shout out here is for um, my boys in Indy. Going to Indy this weekend with my uh, Indy UFC clan. We're going to watch the fights in Indy. So um, that is my shout out. I think it'll be a Conor McGregor heavy crowd. So I'll probably roll, roll with that, which is the direction I'm leaning to. So um, always good to when uh, Conor's winning. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, anywhere are you watching the fights this weekend now that you're out of quarantine or are you just watching them at the crib? I don't know. I think, uh, Pat was talking about possibly having people over, so we'll see. Um, 
possibly heading over there or, you know, maybe just watching them here. I don't really know yet. Yeah, it's almost better. You're almost better off in a smaller area so you can. I think we're the same. Don't you like it watching with sound on, right? That's me because, like, I, I hate when there's no sound. Yeah, I have to watch it with that with sound. I mean, it's tough watching it at a, at a bar or something that doesn't have sound. I mean, some places put on the sound, some places won't. I mean, I, I got to have the sound. Yeah, I'm I'm in the exact same boat, um, which I know plenty of people who are not. So anyhow, yeah, I'm a. It'll be small, small, small setup for me as well. So, um, but yeah, I'm loading up, heading over to Indy Friday. So. See all the boys there. Haven't seen them in a long time, not since pre-COVID, so that'll be good. Oh, yeah. All right, then. We can move on, then, to our uh, our preview here. Um, big card here. I mean, probably anytime Connor fights. I mean, I don't know where this will rank in his total overall uh, card-wise as his biggest cards ever or whatever, probably in the top five, I would guess. It's actually, though, when you think about it, a pretty big – pretty one of the biggest – most impactful fights of his career because it's going to be a huge fork in the road for what happens next. So Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. Dustin is a minus 122 favorite. That's on FanDuel. I'll do five dimes here. Minus 135 on five dimes. Conor McGregor plus 115. You have to figure there's a little bit of a Conor McGregor bump because I know a lot of the casual fans will bet on him no matter what. So maybe Dustin's even slightly more favored. Um... I won't make my predictions too much till I hear what you have to say, but basically the th- the thing for me here is I don't really – I mean, they just fought a couple months ago, and I don't know. Maybe the leg kicks were a big deal. Maybe they weren't, but at the same time, he was gassed in seven minutes. I don't know how much can change from then to now. I don't really know. Um, so basically, what do you, what do you think is going to happen here? Because I'm pretty much thinking – this may go the same way the last one went. Yeah, so there's two fights that I have a question mark next to, and this is one of them. Um, I think I'm leaning Dustin Poirier, though. Um, I just think it's, you know, we got a few main things. I went back and watched that first fight, and I took a few things away from that. Um, First off, Conor McGregor looked good in that first round. He won the first round. Um, Second round, it, it was... You know, those leg kicks, Dustin Poirier, his initial game plan was to wrestle, it seemed like. Once he realized Connor was getting back up and stuff, he started going that leg kick with a minute left. He did, I don't think he threw a leg kick until a minute left in the first round. And after that, he just started throwing them like crazy, and they were clearly hurting Connor. Um, Connor looked good in that first round. He looked good early in the second. Dustin Poirier started getting the timing down a little bit. From what I saw, I thought Conor McGregor was gassing more. It didn't really seem like he was gassing as much as as that leg, the leg kicks just completely just messed up his game. And unfortunately, I just don't think he's going to be able to change it. For what I think what he needs to do to win this fight, because we saw Dustin Poirier can take some of his shots. I mean, he could end it in the first round. He, I mean, Poirier was a little stunned with that uppercut, um, but. If I think he needs to, he he knows that this is going to go a little bit longer. Uh, one thing I noticed: Conor McGregor did not seem in that good a shape, like physically, muscle wise. Like his, I don't know, his back wasn't that you know defined. It, he just didn't seem as in as in good of a shape as in good of shape as he usually does um, during that. It's just something that kind of stuck out to me on rewatching it. But 
for Connor to win this, barring if he doesn't get the knockout, I think what he needs to do here is he was pressuring way too much in that first fight is one thing I noticed. He was he was putting all the pressure on Dustin, walking forward, trying to get the uh, the knockout. You know, um, usually we see him being more of a counter striker. I think he needs to let the fight come to him a little bit more in this fight. Um, kind of pick out his shots, try to conserve his gas tank in that way. Um, we've seen him have gas tank issues in the past, so just going out there and trying to steamroll your opponent doesn't seem like the best idea if if you're not going to get him out right away. After, you know, we saw in the first fight, it's not a foregone, it's not something he can walk in and knock out Dustin every single time, so he's got to be planning for the worst. So I think he needs to be a little bit more conservative this time. Um, he needs to check the leg kicks, obviously. Yeah, big and, time. And uh, I think that's really the two things he needs to do to kind of win this fight. Um I mean, I think it's going to be tough for him to win a five-round decision, but, you know, he, we were saying that in the Nate Diaz fight, and it, it happened. Um, you know. True. Me and Joe Rogan still think Nate Diaz won that fight, but that's <laughs> that's besides the point. Um, so I think – I just think it's too much for Connor to get done in such a short amount of time. And, and Dustin, I think he can fight a pretty similar game plan and, and get it done in the same way. So – I'm going to go with Dustin Poirier. I think it's a close fight. I think Connor could win. Connor could knock out Dustin in the first round. Connor could make those adjustments. But I just think, you know, with a line only minus 135, and we just saw this, I think, you know, Dustin Poirier is a little bit of the safer play. Yeah, I mean, pretty much that's the long version of how I, how I had it thought up in my head. It was just, just not a long turnaround. Dustin has too many ways to win. Connor has one way to win. He's got to knock him out early and he could and he really really could he he could but I don't know I mean Dustin's durable I we haven't we really seen Dustin rocked since he moved up to 155 or at least since he's gone on his somewhat of his run we've seen him like tired while taking damage and kind of like looking like like he's yeah Justin Gaethje yeah rocked in that fight yeah, he did. Uh, Gaethje rocks everybody, though. and But, I mean, he's he's pretty much looked good since he moved. Honestly, he filled out at 155 better than Connor. Oh, Eddie filled Alvarez, out. wasn't he Wasn't he like out on his feet almost during the Eddie Alvarez fight? Um, There was two of them. Was it the – he ended up finishing Alvarez in the second one. It was one. the first one when, he le- when Eddie Alvarez ended the legal knee. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he like – he was like fucked up. Eddie Alvarez was about to win. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch it when I remember that one uh, ended up, ended with an illegal knee. Um, yeah, I don't know. He he filled out better at 155 though than Connor did, which is kind of surprising because you would have thought um, Connor with all his mus- all his extra muscle, but Connor just gets jacked. Dustin got wider, um, so yeah. I mean, I think a uh, big fight with a lot of uh, a lot on the line. Maybe maybe there's extra motivation for Connor, motivated Connor to come back. I don't know, um, but. He's Connor's the better martial artist and like the better natural fighter. Dustin just got more dog in him, and he's been way more active and he's built up a way more of a uh, a recent resume that I think just benefits him way more. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, you're getting close odds here. I think I'm leaning Dustin Poirier. So we're in on the same page there. So next fight up, we got uh, Gilbert Burns. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, G- Gilbert Burns plus one forty. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson minus one sixty. I'm all over Stephen Thompson here. I don't. Gilbert Burns obviously better on the ground. I don't think he's going to try to go to the ground. I think he's going to try to bang with Stephen Thompson, who is pretty much better standing than basically everybody. Um, 
I think that uh, we might see a Wonderboy masterclass here. I think that Gilbert had his run. I don't know that he will go on a run like he did when he got made it to the title shot. And uh, I'm all over Steven Thompson here. Maybe, I, maybe I'm being a little bit of a homer, and I'm almost not even worried about this one. But obviously, if it goes to the ground, that's Gilbert's world, and that's Steven Thompson's weakness. But I don't even know if we'll see it get to the ground. Um, only a three-round fight, so um, I think Wonderboy gets it rolling early, and I think he, uh, I think he controls this whole fight. What do you think? Yeah. Um, so my, if we recorded this yesterday, when, with we didn't have the internet issues. My take of the week was going to be betting lines on Wonderboy are consistently some of the best in MMA, and I think we got a great value line here, minus one sixty, minus one fifty-five, whatever it's been. Um, but either way, I think you can get great value on this fight. I mean, this is Wonder Boy's fight to lose. I mean, barring a fluke knockout like we saw um, Anthony or yeah Anthony Pettis land yep. on uh, um, on Wonder Boy, I don't I don't foresee Gilbert Burns winning this fight. I don't foresee it going to the ground. Gilbert Burns does not have good takedowns. He doesn't complete very many fights. Granted, his most recent fights are against some of the most uh, you know elite fighters that in the division, but he wonder boy has about as elite of takedown defense as we've seen. So I don't foresee this going to the ground in a stand-up fight. Um, it's going to be all wonder boy. I mean, we've seen, we've seen the Tyron Woodley kind of put out the roadmap on how to beat wonder boy. And you've got to have really good clinch strength against the cage to do it. And it's, that's not Gilbert Burns game. So uh, the only person who's going to be able to beat wonder boy is, is the champion. Unfortunately, I think if, uh, we're looking like Wonder Boy's gonna get another title shot soon, and it's I hope so. uh, and we got Tyron, we got Tyron Woodley 2.0 and Kamara Usman. So who's better than Tyron Woodley at putting somebody up against the cage and and just uh, keeping them there and and winning a fight like that? It's Kamara Usman, and, and uh, so I think it's gonna be another case of uh, you know bad timing for for Wonder Boy if he gets to that title shot, unfortunately. But we're not here to talk about that. Uh, that fight's not happening yet, and uh, yeah, this fight. Just seems tailor made for for Wonder Boy. I think um, he's going to be able to just uh, keep it in the middle. You know, he's pretty good at making sure he doesn't get pinned up against the cage. Only only really Tyron Woodley has been able to do it. Um, and I think it. You know, if it's in the middle of the octagon, it's all it's all Wonder Boy. He's going to be able to keep Gilbert Burns at distance. Going to be able to pick him apart and just really put on a a classic uh, Wonder Boy performance. I don't know what the props are, but I almost think Wonder Boy by knockout is almost a worthy prop to take a small uh, a small flyer on just because I mean he's going to be able to land his shots and we saw Gilbert Burns get put away by a jab a stiff jab nonetheless but uh Kamara Usman jab and Wonderboy's stand-up is so much more elite than Kamara Usman who's strong and I mean obviously powerful but I just this Gilbert's got a huge head and uh Wonderboy has all sorts of different angles for that. So, uh, yeah, I think we're on the same yeah. page on that, too. Or decision prop. I mean, it's only three rounds. That's true. It um, is only three rounds. Wonder Boy has gone to decision and won by decision almost every fight. I can't remember the last time you won by by finish, really. It's been a long time and mostly five-round fights. So, um, I, I could see it by decision. I, I could see knockout just because Gilbert Burns, he tends to – get a little bit too aggressive, which leaves him defensively unsound. So I could see 
Wonder Boy getting one of those highlight reel knockouts that he was so famous for kind of in in the beginning of his career. But, you know, the reason why we haven't seen much of that either is that was like when he first came onto the scene people didn't know what you had to do to avoid getting those knockouts i think yeah. i think there's a game plan for avoiding getting knocked out versus wonder boy the game plan for beating him is quite a bit tougher but um yeah i think decision uh is a good prop and possibly knockout too so yeah well we'll find out i mean i just think he's this fight is just he's it's tailor-made for wonder boy and he's he's levels above gilbert burns and almost everywhere i except the ground where I don't think this fight will go. So I love this. It's probably one of my favorite lines of the whole card. So um, I'm all over it. And I'm happy because I'm a, I'm a Wonder Boy guy, and I hope he gets another title shot. And uh, uh, obviously – Yeah, Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy by decision is plus 150, and I'm looking for the knockout prop. Hold on. Wonder Boy by knockout plus 275. So yeah, I think there there might be value on both of those. Plus two seventy five is pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. No, um, I, yeah. Like I said, I just I just see this. It just feels like I mean he just beat the brakes off Jeff Neal, and Jeff Neal is a far better striker than I mean Gilbert Burns. The one thing he has is he's aggressive and he'll he'll let it fly. But that's almost that almost works against you against a guy like Wonder Boy. So like you said, barring a freak knockout. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Wonderboy uh, have a good performance here. So, anyhow, we'll move on then to um, Tai Tuivasa versus Greg Hardy. Um, we got this one at Greg Hardy plus 110, Tai Tuivasa minus 130. Um, I have basically lost all faith in Greg Hardy at this point. He's looked good in a lot of his fights, maybe even all of his fights, but his glaring weakness is if you get him on the ground – he will uh, he'll turtle up. If you uh, go deep into a fight, he'll gas out horribly. Although Tai Tuivasa also not the most reliable in those situations, but I'm uh, I'm taking the favorite here, Tai Tuivasa over Greg Hardy. I think uh, I think Greg Hardy's somewhat been exposed in his last few fights. Although he's proven himself to be a pretty good fighter for taking it up so late as a second career, but I think. Uh, I think the word is out. Tai Tuivasa can be a knucklehead, but I think he gets the job done here. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's all Tai Tuivasa on this one. Um, Tai Tuivasa, he's looked pretty good recently. I think he's training at ATT? No, AKA, AKA. maybe. He's been up at AKA. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's good for him. And then Greg Hardy, it's just we've seen what this guy has to offer, and it's just – it's not much. He doesn't get knockouts against. I, I don't think he'll knock out tied to Ivasa by any means. If he's going to win this fight, it's going to be by decision, and it's going to be a tough one for him. I mean, I think I can. I could see him winning a, a three round decision, but I mean, tied to Ivasa comes out with so much heat. I just think it's more than likely this is tied to Ivasa's fight. Um, I think he, you know, I think Greg Hardy's going to have trouble dealing with that pressure he can put on early and just the heavy hands that he has. I don't think we've seen Greg Hardy fight somebody that's as heavy of a puncher as tied to Ivasa. And um, I'd like to see how he's going to deal with it, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, he fought Volkov pre Volkov becoming an absolute monster. Um, so that's his only really a, opponent that, that was, you know, kind of elite. He lost him kind of handily. He had a better showing than I expected, but yeah, big um, time. I think tied to Ivasa, yeah, tied to Ivasa will be able to beat him for what 
that you know I was I was kind of high on Greg Hardy after that performance versus uh, versus Volkov, um, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen him really live up to that sense. He's he's looked quite a bit worse against lesser lesser competition and more recently. So um, I think that might have been an outlier, and uh, that's you know maybe just one of the better fights that he's going to have, but. Um, he's just too inconsistent. You just don't know what you're going to get for him. And, and we know what we're going to get from Ty Tuivasa. I think it's, it's enough to beat Greg Hardy. So, all right. I think we're, uh, so far we're three for three on agreeing with the same picks. All right. Irene, Irene Aldana versus Giannis Kuntiskaya. Irene Aldana minus 125. Kuntiskaya plus 105. Um, another situation where I just can't really picture myself ever betting on Yana Kutinskaya, so I'm riding with Irene Aldana, <laughs> who I think is a far better stand-up fighter. I'm not super – this is not a fight I'm confident in or that I'll put anywhere, like, lay into any big picks, but basically I'm fade Kutinskaya on, on, on site, and uh, Irene Aldana's definitely got better stand-up than her. She her The only way she would really be able to win this fight is by kind of, like, turning into a – grimy wrestling match and uh i don't i don't know if that'll happen or not so i'm on a, i'm on a fourth favorite in a row um with aldana yep i'm on aldana too i, I like that pick um yana kuninskaya it the only the only advantage she has on irene aldana is size in my opinion um so if she's gonna win she's got to kind of put her up against the cage um hold her there uh, take her down and just, yeah, grind out a boring decision, like kind of like you said. But uh, Irene Aldana, I just think she's better pretty much all around. She's definitely the better striker. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm think i going to go with Irene Aldana on this one for sure. I like that pick. And, like you said, Yana Kuniskaya is just somewhat somewhat can't bet ter- territory <laughs> for me. I for mean, me what, too. What was her biggest achievement, like getting her ass beat by Cyborg and making it to the second round or something? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely going to be on Irene Aldana on this one. Well, do you remember her last fight when she, she had the takedowns, but then she didn't do anything. She get she basically lost from the, from the top oh, position yeah, with top control. Yeah. She was just getting elbowed and stuff. Um, I thought she won that fight. I think I had, I think I, isn't she? Yeah, she, exactly. I remember exactly. I forget who it was. Who you remember who it was? she was fighting no i'm afraid to click on it because i'm afraid my internet will take will go bonkers on me but um i remember that fight thoroughly because she was basically she basically got a takedown in the beginning of each round and then had top control the whole time and lost from the ground which you don't see that very often but i'm pretty sure i bet against her though she is she is the goat in looks at the one in the 145 division (laughs) there's not many girls that big that, that she's one of the better looking ones that's for sure yeah, i take, mean she has zero competition as far as looks was take though, it up with her husband uh um uh uh thiago santos that's her husband Jeez. <laughs> oh yeah i think i remember that yeah i'm not gonna take it up with him <laughs> forget i said this but uh no oh, i'm looking at i just found it she actually won kit she actually beat caitlin Vieira um in this fight but it was like a i think it it was kind of like uh disputed a lot of people thought viera should have won that fight was that what it was yeah i I couldn't remember i just knew i was like this is the worst thing i've ever seen (laughs) but yeah you're exactly right i remember she held her down for two rounds she got her ass kicked for one round 
and then she held her down for two rounds. And Vera, I think, was completely gassed in the last round, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think Irene Aldana's obvious. I think to me is a, another entire step up. So, um, I mean, I like the line at minus one twenty-five. That's not bad at all for uh, for Aldana. I just this, these types of fights, though, you never know who's going to come out and just to completely lay an egg, and uh, it's hard to it's hard to have much faith in any of them. So, I uh, most likely yeah. a pass, but. I mean- yeah, I think I'm going to be on Irene Aldana. Um, I'm not going to pass on it. I think I'm going to bet Irene Aldana. I think minus 125 is decent value. I mean, yeah. But I guess the one thing you got to worry about, maybe it is a pass, just the more I'm thinking about it, you know. she Yana Kuniskaya has the size on her, and we see that she's, you know, from the Ketlin Vieira fight, she's not afraid to just take her down and just and just sit there in top control and, and get a win like that, so... You never know. I mean, size does help with the takedowns. It helps with keeping the fight on the ground. So I, we could see her win with a boring, you know, takedown and whatnot. But I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I still, I still like Irene Aldana. But yeah, maybe it's a little closer than I was kind of thinking. But I guess we'll see. And we got all favorites, like you're saying. But these are small favorites. So I mean, yeah. I think they're they're good parlay pieces. For, or, you know, mix them up in some parlays and stuff. I mean. Uh, our next fight's not going to be I was gonna a, say, uh, a slight favorite. But. How about a small favorite of uh, Sean O'Malley at minus minus nine fifty on FanDuel? Um, Chris Mont- Montanino plus five ninety. Um, or if you got five dimes here, which is my preferred line here, my, Sean O'Malley minus seven fifty. Chris Montanino Montino plus 525 is this a situation where sean o'malley's leg quits on him and uh or is this just a uh this is just a slam dunk they're pretending like they couldn't find anybody else for him to fight and uh they just got him like the uh the wall the great value version of himself yeah i mean at this point it I get it that Chris Montanino. I guess he's he's two and two in uh, in whatever organization he was in before this. So this guy is not by any means a very good fighter. But I don't see. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I I think Sean O'Malley is gonna win this fight. But I'm not recommending anyone put any money whatsoever at minus nine fifty. If anything, I think I'd recommend just putting a little bit of money on his opponent, just because you never know his leg could snap with one leg kick. So. Um, you know, when you got somebody who's who's been this frail, kind of, I, I just I, I don't see how you could ever be a minus nine fifty. I get it; he's fighting like basically a guy who should be on the regional scene, um, and he's I, he's just the only one who could take the fight this short notice. But um, I just I just don't see how you could possibly lay money at minus nine fifty. Um, you know, if you got twenty bucks, you, you care to burn, maybe just throw it on the opponent, just because like we've seen, and you know, these fluke injuries can happen semi-often in Sean O'Malley fight so I mean I, I maybe uh maybe a small flyer on the on the underdog might not be a good idea but or it might not be a bad idea but I I don't know anything about this guy from what I have heard he's he's trash so, <laughs> um but I think you're gonna have to hope for a fluke kind of a fluke leg kick injury in order to win this fight though so maybe he and, comes you comes know, across we'll, the ring and throws some crazy heat we'll see we'll see <laughs> Uh, it's another prop. It's another prop up for, it's another prop up fight for uh, Sugar Sean. Sounds like you might be a little bit off the train though. A little bit. I mean, I just, I just, 
not completely. I'm not really off the train. I just don't see how you could possibly ever bet uh, O'Malley at minus 950, minus 800, minus anything. We've seen the guy have have injury issues with his leg, and leg kicks, it's like one of the most common strikes at this point in MMA. So um, I just don't see how you could ever put your money on him at that line. It's not. I mean, I, I do think he's going to win this fight, but we've seen in his last few fights, we've seen fluke injuries happen more like – you know, more than minus nine fifty would would show. You're always, always, always watching that leg, of, watching his legs to see if there's any type of buckle or any type of uh, any type of sign that something's going wrong. And I did see on Twitter. I never heard of Chris Mont- Montino before, but I heard, was reading on Twitter. He's uh, he's got a high level coach who they claim is one of the best game planners out there. So. Maybe they got something up their sleeve. Maybe they got something to make it interesting. I don't know. It, he looks like a great value Walmart version of Sean O'Malley, so that usually doesn't play into your favor, but um, I don't know. Maybe he's got a little trick up his sleeve. We'll find out, I guess. Maybe he'll come out with rainbow hair also. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, yeah, not not a ton to think about or worry about there with the minus – just another crazy line, but um, Carlos Condit, Max Griffin, back on track here with some fairly close lines here. Carlos Condit plus one fifty, Max Griffin minus, or let's see here, minus, Carlos Condit plus one sixty five, Max Griffin minus one ninety. Um, I Max Griffin is a little too consistent. Carlos Condit's a little too far removed from his glory days for me personally. And uh, I just think Max Griffin probably cruises here. Although I would love to see Carlos kind of, you know, kind of pull out a Matt Brown here and uh, turn back the clock. But that's not what I'm expecting here. Um, what do you think about that one? Yeah, this is the other fight that I wasn't very sure on. I mean, I could see Carlos kind of win. I just think, I don't, I don't know. I think these are, are kind of an e- evenly matched guys. I think Max Griffin is probably has looked a little bit better as of recent. He hasn't really fought much strength of schedule-wise. I mean, Carlos Condit has been fighting a little bit better, I, I think, uh, opponents. But, um, yeah, I just I think this one's kind of a toss-up. What was the line on Carlos Condit? Uh, he is plus, one, plus 165. I think I might go Carlos Condit on this one. Um, I don't know. I don't, I may, maybe it's not a good pick. I've been seeing some people go with Max Griffin on this, but, uh, I just, I just think it's not out of the realm of possibility. Carlos Condit wins this one. I think it's fairly even matchup at plus 165. Maybe, maybe take a flyer on it, um, as an underdog. Uh, I don't have a ton of underdogs on this one, on this card. So I think, I think maybe go Carlos Condit here. I would, I'm not too confident in it. I wouldn't bet too much on this one. Um, but, yeah, I'll go with Carlos Condit, just so we don't agree on every fight on this card. All right, next fight we got Nico Price, Michelle Perea here. Uh, two guys I like a lot, but um, let me find the line here. Good old best fight odds. Never has these things in order. Um, Michelle Perea minus 155, Nico Price plus 135. Um, I mean, I can be a, the biggest Michelle Perea fan in the world, but I, that doesn't mean I have to trust him out there with his antics and behavior, uh, minus 155. Probably seems in line for me as far as skill-wise, in my opinion, although Nico Price has surprised you from time to time. But you just never know with this guy. He's a total knucklehead. I think he's done with the backflips and everything else, but you still don't know what he's going to bring. And uh, Nico Price, kind of the same way, kind of a wild card himself. So this one I have 
Perea as my pick. Actually, this one I had a question mark, but I had circled Michelle Perea. I think he's the better overall martial artist, but not a guy I totally trust. Um, who do you got in this one here? Yeah, I'm going Michael Pereira on that account of he fights similar to his like, few most recent fights. I mean, for Michael Pereira to win this fight, so what we've seen, let's go with a little bit of Nico Price first. For Nico Price, one issue I see with him is his gas tank. It's weird. He's a guy who kind of carries his power through three rounds, but he he's never going to win the third round unless he gets a knockout. He carries his power, but he's not able to throw very often in the later rounds. He's able to throw tons of volume in rounds one and and for about half of round two. Um, but <laughs> round three, he, he carries his power, but struggles to really put out any sort of volume whatsoever. So I think Prayer, if he's going to be able to win this fight, uh, as long as he's able to conserve his gas tank like we've seen, we saw his boxing and his stand-up look incredibly more sophisticated than I thought it was going to look for a long time in, in his last fight, I think. He was able to carry his gas tank. He was able to you know land the jab. And I think if he's able to do that, not explode, not explode or anything, and not get lulled into a firefight, um, he's gonna win this fight. The thing, the big thing here for me is, can he not get into a firefight with Nico Price? So we've seen he's got he's got the dog into him. He wants to throw down, but he's able to then rein it in. <laughs> he's been able to rein it in lately. So, but when he, when they, uh, you know, when Bruce Buffer starts this fight and. Uh, you know, and unleashes the dog that is Nico Price, is he going to be able to rein in the dog and him? And I, I don't know if that's the case. I think this might just end up being just complete fireworks right out the gate if uh, once Nico Price comes out of there hot. Because we know one thing, Nico Price is going to come out hot. So oh, yeah. is is Michael Pereira going to be able to keep that game plan of pace and not just when Nico Price runs across the octagon and starts throwing bombs, is he going to be able to you know, control himself and not just start throwing him back. And it's just the first two land the knockout win. Um, that's, that's what really the big question mark for me here. So I, I think he's going to have trouble. And I think in a, in a dog fight here, I think Nico price wins. So I got two scenarios. I, I guess pick which one you, which one you want, uh, which one you think is going to happen. If you think prayer can keep it together and control himself, I think that's the pick. If you don't think it is, and you think you're going to, if you think he's going to be let into a, a firefight with Nico Price. I think I think I like Nico Price to land that shot before Pereira does. So, um, yeah, that's my take on it on this one. Um, I don't my official pick. I I don't really know. I think there's two uh, there's two scenarios. I just laid them out. I think it could be either one. I guess I'll go with an underdog just for the fun of it. Go Nico Price, but uh, but it really it could. I I don't know. I don't have a I don't have a a super strong take on which way it's gonna go. I think I'm leaning towards it, it turning into a dogfight and Nico Price taking the W. So, But if it, if he doesn't, then it, it should be a Pereira's fight to lose if it starts going into mid-round two, round three. All right, so basically, though, you could we both agree you could probably circle this fight as probably one of the most exciting, kind of like our, this is this has fight of the night potential, as people like to say. Oh, definitely, 100%. I couldn't, I can't, of all the fights we've talked about, this is, definitely circled for uh jlt fight of the night yeah these guys put it simply these guys both have screws loose neither of these guys are quite right yeah so anyhow then we'll move on to our uh our last fight here we got ryan hall versus uh Ilya taporia um 
At the moment, we're sitting at Ilya Teporia minus 235, Ryan Holm plus 195. Everybody, MMA hipsters across the globe have been Ryan Hall fans forever. I think he only has like four fights in the UFC. He's a jujitsu guy, doesn't look like a fighter, totally unassuming look to him, um, wins wins his fights basically on the ground, pretty advanced jujitsu guy. I think Ilya Teporia is going to absolutely smash him and crush all their little dreams. Um, the, the line kind of reflects it more so than I was hoping for, but Ilya Teporia, we know he's good on the ground and we know he's got hands. And uh, I think uh, barring some sort of thing where he falls out of this fight, which has been the, the theme with all Ryan Hall's opponents, um, they always fall out before the fight happens. I think he's absolutely going to crush Ryan Hall, and I think it's a pretty easy uh, – this is an easy pick for me. Probably the easiest pick of the fight of the, of the night other than Sean O'Malley, but that's minus 900. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm on – I agree with you here. I'm on Taporia on this one. Um, like you said, I, I mean, Ryan Hall, I've heard so much about – You never you know, hear... We know he's got elite jiu-jitsu, obviously, but yeah. we've heard we've heard so much about, oh, his striking's improving so much. He's like a legit striker and all this time off. We haven't seen him. He's been, he's been working on it. He's, you know – He's got Conor McGregor level striking abilities, <laughs> blah blah blah. Um, but I, I just don't see it happening. I just think, I think he seems like one of these jiu-jitsu guys. When, you know, maybe he, maybe his striking has improved drastically in training, but it seems like when the fight starts, he's just Imanari rolling and doing anything he can to get it to the mat. And it, I don't think I think some of these jiu-jitsu guys just lack confidence in their stand-up. It kind of takes them a while to get confidence in it, and they kind of just resort back to pulling guard and whatnot. And I think we might see more of that in this fight. Um, and you know, I I just think Tapori is going to be able to stop the takedowns. Um, I think he's going to be able to keep it standing, and I think he's got a clear advantage standing. So I mean, as long as that happens, I mean, if it goes to the ground, if Brian Hall gets his back or, you know, whatever, I mean, obviously he can submit anyone. He could win this fight. He could really submit anyone in the UFC and if it gets to the ground and gets in his domain. But um, I think this is a tough fight. It's by far as tough as the opponent yet, and uh, I think uh, Taporia is going to get the win. Yeah, I just – yeah, this one – I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm a ha- slightly a hater because I get so sick of people like pointing him out like this guy's the dark horse. He hasn't fought in three years, and he's his biggest win was the ghost of BJ Penn and uh, a decision against Artem Lobov, I believe. <laughs> so I uh, right. <laughs> I just you know everyone wants to, everyone wants to be on the guy that no one knows about, but it's not it, it's he's been the guy that no one knows about for so long that everyone knows about him. And uh, he just doesn't fight very often, so maybe the end of his uh, his lore here. And I know a lot of these hipsters are just licking their chops at him being, you know, plus two hundred. Like, oh, wait till they find out. So I don't think it's going to go their way, and I I'm pretty confident in that. I think Depori is better than he gets credit for because he's a fair he's fairly newcomer as well. And uh, what we've seen so far, though, he's been super impressive. He hasn't necessarily fought super high level guys. Um, he fought uh, Yusef Salal that everyone thought was a high-level guy and made him look like a chump. So um, I just think I, – I mean, he just seems like he's pretty well-rounded and pretty well-built. So, again, I think that'll be uh, – I think this will be a uh, – I think the line reflects reality in this one as well. Yeah, I agreed. I think Tapore is definitely an elite guy. I think he's someone we'll see start climbing up the rankings here. And, uh, yeah, probably settle in – 
you know, middle, mid top 10. So, um, yeah. but we'll see. Um, yep. other than that, that's all we got on the, on the preview. We got, a we got a big card coming up. I'm excited for it. Um, oh, yeah. and yeah, I just, uh, be pumped. I'm sure we'll have a good recap for this card next week. It looks like there's, uh, you know, quite a few exciting fights set up on this one. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, a lot of close lines. I was thinking this is proud. I mean, I was on, I'm on every single favorite, which is never a good sign, but as far as the this rundown we did here, I'm on every single favorite. The lines are all fairly close. I don't think we've ever – this is probably the most talent we've ever seen on a Conor McGregor card and the best matchups we've ever seen on a Conor McGregor card. So uh, I don't know if that's more because they feel like yeah, maybe definitely agreed. they have to build around him more or they have to throw a little more on there with him or if uh, it just worked out that way, but – Yeah, so I Yeah, so I I wasn't sure where you were at. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was I was fading there. Um no, I was just saying I don't know if that's because they uh they gotta build or they gotta add more talent to the card because it's not quite the same draw, or if it's just how it worked out, or it's just the new uh, strategy they're going with now. But this is a deep one from pretty much top to bottom. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I hadn't really thought of that. It's uh you know, why they've stacked this card when they haven't stacked any kind of McGregor cards. Maybe they are worried about the McGregor, the McGregor effect and possibly waning, you know? Um, I, I, I hadn't thought of that, but that does make sense. We've seen him, we just seen him come off a loss. Um, his definitely, he's not, you know, what he used to be. He's got several losses now. Um, he lost to Khabib, he lost to Nate once, but after the Nate loss, it wasn't like a big deal. It seemed like just because I mean, they, he was still on that hype. It just, you know, he, um, you know, he kind of was able to spin the narrative. Yeah, it was of, a freak uh, show fight. Just a not, conservation of energy and, uh, it was a freak show fight, it, right? He's, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And he's able to get it back. And, you know, the 170, it was at 170. I'm a 145 or basically. So, um, yeah, I, I just, he doesn't really have any excuses anymore. Um, his draw might be uh, might be waning, and star power might be waning a little bit, and uh, this is really a make or break one for him. And I, you know, I think they wanted to really make sure to cement maybe the pay per view numbers to at least get one last good one out of uh, out of McGregor. If this may be maybe one of the last, you know, this and the Nate Diaz fight, but yeah, and who knows? It's up to him too if he wants to come back. If he loses, he he might hang it up. So yeah, you're right. This might be one last attempt to cash in, but either way, I'm gonna, I'm basically gonna watch it like that's the case. So um, try to enjoy what could be the last uh, the last performance. Maybe we'll see a vintage performance. You never know, but it'll be uh, it'll for sure be it'll for sure be a uh, a big scene. So uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here then. So uh, we'll be uh, back to recap on Monday, hopefully, and uh, otherwise. Uh, Enjoy the fights. Good luck on your picks. A lot of good ones this weekend, and uh, we'll see you guys Monday. Peace.
the beat. Let me call Polo. Mr. Tenneke, I still get him for the Lodo. Show the light up the I ain't ready to go. You can't ban me from the radio or mess up my show. I was trying to ban you for a name. It's okay, I bounce back, watch me do my thing. It's okay, I got my shaker hogging up the lane. It's okay, I'm a boss, I can make it rain.